It's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's neworleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you. Because that's New Orleans and this is happy hour. A cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleanians in a bar, today we're at the fabulous Wayfair on Ferret Street, where Andrew Duhon is going to tell you all about Wayfair right now. They put fine dining in a sandwich. I just no, remember that. they you don't say put that. fine dining into a sandwich. That's what they used to do. Oh, okay, right. And then it's they a radically gave me a whole new, new thing to say. Right, yeah, it's a radically new menu. Yes. Let me see if I can do this verbatim. Radically new menu and radically new happy hour. Yes. Uh, drinks half off. And appetizers half off from four to seven. No, three to six. Shit. Try it again. No, let's just roll. Okay. On. From three to six every day, they have a fabulous happy hour and brunch on the weekends. Yeah. So you can come down here to Wayfair I, on Ferret Street with your friends or just hang out with us for the next hour. I can hour vouch for the, the drinks for sure, and mm. the, the half yes. off appetizers are pretty outstanding. I know. Everyone's got a good drink. Jeff Schmidtke is here from the band Shadow Brother. Hello, yes. Jeff. I'm very well, thank you. You are very well. I didn't say that. I said hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> That's the accent. What? So, no, so I guess I you thought you said how are you too, yeah. Did you think that? Yeah. Did I say how it's are like you, Brian? I, I heard, heard it. it. That's what I Did heard. you hear me say how are you? It's a New Zealand okay. hello. This is, Bri- like, this is Brian Levy, Sensei. Hi. And Nandi Campbell. Nandi, did I say how are you or... I'm just impressed that you pronounced my name right. Thank you. Well, you told me how to say it. I'm doing well. (laughs) Most people say Nandy, I would imagine, because it's spelled N-A-N. Nandy, Mandy, Mandy. Naomi Campbell, which I don't mind. Naomi Campbell. Campbell. You look a bit like Naomi Campbell. Thank you. Whatever happened to Naomi Campbell? She's still alive. I'm sure she's still alive. (laughs) What's she doing? Just come on in here. Oh, I have no idea. I'm sorry. What did she do? She was a lingerie model? She was a model. A supermodel. Why do I think lingerie when I think Naomi Campbell? She was one of the Victoria's Secret models. Ah, there you go. Oh, so I was right about that. Okay. Didn't she marry the bass player of U2? I think you're oh, talking about... Really? Someone else? Yeah, Imani. Oh. No, she married David Bowie. Oh. <laughs> wow. It's amazing how we know this shit, isn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah. Dumb knowledge. Jeff, Useless what, what do you say the, the, the bass player in U2? What was his name, even? Oh gosh! Adam. Not Bono. No, he was a singer. The Edge was a guitar Edge player. Guitar player, so he must Larry Mullen was he the singer? That's the, the drummer. drummer. I think it's Adam something. Adam Clayton. Yes, maybe. Oh wow, he's impressive. I, I couldn't. Have done Do you that. think that's what? About what you, Brian? You got it. I, I don't know. <laughs> are you guys YouTube? Are you a YouTube fan, Brian? Not a huge one, but I had a roommate who was in high school. So he had a roommate in high school. <laughs> that sounds wrong. What? Yeah, I went to a residential boarding school in Natchitoches, Louisiana. Cool. Okay. Was was more trouble than you could imagine getting into when you put together a 16. Did you go there because you were bad or because you were good? Supposedly because I was supposed to stay in the state and do good things, but I left uh, afterwards. Why do you, where did you grow up? Where were you? Here in New Orleans? Uh, Shreveport. Shreveport. Born in Baton Rouge and mm, always I came to I can tell New you were born in Baton Rouge because you say it with a G. <laughs> born in Baton Rouge. Did you hear that? Is that a thing? Baton Rouge. Yeah. What's it's a, a thing. Do you know that? Come I got, on. I yeah. got friends from Baton Rouge, and they call it Beirut. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Beirut. Yeah. Well, that's Beirut. There is Beirut, that. yeah. Jeff, where are you from? I grew up here. Uh, Metairie, officially. Metairie. So is Andrew. There you mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. What school? Well, what high school did you go to? Yes, I went exactly. to Archbishop Rommel High School. Nice. Which high school did you go to? Brother Martin. No kidding. <laughs> ah, yeah. uh-huh. How about that? How was Brother Martin? Did you get uh, Catholicism instilled? It was instilled. 
Uh, yes. A good Did bit it take? Of it was. Did it take? <laughs> Jury's out on that one. Mm-hmm. So. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, do you ever go to church? Ever? Ever, yes. How often? <laughs> Christmas was a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I went there. You went, went to then. church on Christmas. I, I, That's I, nice. That's nice. And what did you think about that? Did you get any sort of... Uh, did you get any kind of like religious <laughs> feeling or... The, the organ sounded really yeah, it's yeah, rad. There you yeah. go, yeah. Culturally, it's nice to go back after you're a lay person, and, you know, again, and just experience that a cultural phenomenon, you know? Maybe, well, you know... What is the cultural phenomenon about church? What, it's the what, opposite. What, what it's, you, what? it's always there. It's just like, you know, if you've never experienced a, 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 a Hindu ceremony, you yes. would go to that thing and you would say, oh, this is an amazing piece of culture, right? Mm. But you think I'm not just, sure. Just Nandi does not agree. No, I don't think it's culture. It's religion. It's, it's two different things. Are, no, it? Why isn't religion part of culture? I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's the same thing. Is Let's it? define culture. I think culture is... I think culture is what's the opposite of religious? Secular. Secular. Maybe. Uh, the, way, the, the way yeah. of the people, you know, how things go right, isn't that, you know, culture? Culture is, is what binds us together. Uh, um, but religion doesn't bind us together. Community good, does, and, and, right. and I think church religion is that separates community. us. I, I don't think, I'm talking about church, not, not religion. I'm talking about the ritual. I think the ritual is right. culture. No, right? Right. Well, now that you're an attorney, what's your position on this? I have no position as it relates to religion, but <laughs> legally speaking, I think that he's probably right if you talk about the community aspect of church. Yeah. I'm assuming that was the question when you asked him when was the last time you've been to church, and he said Christmas, and you went because you could be one with your community, right? Or you had to because it's mandatory in your family. Or you didn't want to upset well, your well, mom. Or you were celebrating the birth <laughs> I, of Jesus Christ. I think the community I forgot correct. about that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think the community aspect disappeared after my parents' generation. Mm. Okay. Mm. So I don't find it to be as community-based anymore as it is religious belief-based. Mm-hmm. So why go on Christmas? I'm just curious because people go during the holidays. Because and... I don't want to be struck by lightning. Okay. That's why. Okay, I get it. You mean you don't want to go to hell? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a good question. You know, there's bits and pieces We're still hanging path, around. Okay. Do you think it's like an insurance policy? Uh, no, it no, it's it's more than that, I suppose. Or else I wouldn't go. Um, what time did you go? What service? Christmas Eve, four o'clock. Four o'clock in the afternoon. That's real. The bad arts. thing is, I mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you the name of the church I was in. That's mm-hmm. the sad. That's pretty bad. <laughs> it's the one near my house, but I you don't know the if name. If I said it, it <laughs> St. Francis. That was like, definitely a saint, I can guarantee you. Is it on Metairie Road? No. St. Xavier? No. Where do you live? I live on Henry Clay. Henry Clay? It's on State. St. Stephen's. No. Oh, this is embarrassing. State. Henry Saint Clay, George. right by Henry Saint Clay Mag- near Magazine? Yes. Okay, I know lots of people who go to that church. Henry Clay Magazine. Is it not St. Francis? Yeah. I don't... I, 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 thought I it can't was, picture Henry Clay right now. I thought it was St. Stephen's. Henry Clay has got... Uh, it's near the park... And right, the magazine, yeah. corner of magazine, it's near the Audubon What's on that Dental cor- Clinic. What else is on that? Yeah. Children's cor- Hospital. Children's oh, yeah. Hospital. Oh, it's down far. the street. On the corner is actually Pastor Ray Canada's house. Oh, you know we Pastor could Google Ray? it. We could. Well, But none cares? of us have phones and it's at this table. But we don't really give a fuck, so let's just move on. <laughs> yeah, all right. Anyway, so you live on Henry Clay Uptown. Correct. And that's a nice spot. What do you do besides playing in this awesome band, Shadow Brother, which we've Ooh. just discovered? Well, the day job is um, selling coins 
mm. of all things. Oh, wow. Selling coins. Yes. Such a cool... <laughs> Why didn't you call your band the Buffalo you're a, Nickel? You're a numinous. It was... It was on the board. I, I think that's a good band name. Buffalo and Nickel. Yeah. I'm going to write that down right now, actually. That could be a good name for Not us. Not that I'm saying the Shadow Brother brother is a bad idea. It's not bad. What do you mean you sell coins? Like um, commemorative coins? No. Um, circulated or uncirculated coins. Pennies, nickels, dimes. Pennies. Yes. How much can so. you sell a penny for? A Don't little bit more than a penny. There's <laughs> yes. okay. not much margin in pennies. No. <laughs> what do you get for a penny these days? Oh, the most was 12 cents. Wow. 12 cents. What kind of idiot paid 12 cents for a penny? Drunk. What kind of penny was it? Was it on Bourbon Street? I bet I know where you got them pennies. It's like a Wyatt Earp penny or something, you know, like back in the day, right? Actually, no. It was in 2009 when oh. they changed the back of the penny to commemorate Abraham Lincoln's oh, bicentennial celebration. No thanks. Yep. And okay. Everyone so then wanted them. The value of and the there were very few left. Tell us about a cool <laughs> coin. So I don't do the rare historical stuff, but uh, if I had to make, if I had to guess what a cool coin would be, it would be an error coin, something that okay. uh, with a mistake. Oh, yeah. Was how does that happen anymore when they print millions of them? It's the machine. Just fucks on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it somehow does not get pulled out because there are measures taken to remove them uh, from circulation, but sometimes they will get slipped or missed, mm-hmm. and they will end up in circulation, and that's how they're basically found. Mm-hmm. Wow. You have to get some sort of certification to do this. If you want to grade coins, yes, mm-hmm. but not to sell them, no. It's funny. Do you have a storefront? Or you I just... don't because I wholesale. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. How did you so, get into this thing? I worked for a bank. And you just wrong took, place, took, wrong time. Just took pennies <laughs> when they weren't looking. We don't have enough time <laughs> in this show to well, talk do, about actually. all of this. Mm-hmm. What bank? We well, can't you say that? It was a bank in Tennessee, in all Memphis. Right. Um, they were trying to be the fulfillment center for the U.S. Mint, and I was on the same floor as the department that had opened, and they needed some extra hands, and I was around doing something completely different. What were you doing originally? I was doing corporate research uh, and development, so all of the employee-based research. Right. So that's a real gig. That was... With a, with a career path. Correct. And you yes. got off that... Way off. <laughs> what enticed you into the coin department, other than the proximity? Mm, I guess a pay raise. Oh, that's always good. Mm-hmm. Initially. Is it, is Do you it, have a collection? I do not collect coins. <laughs> do you hate coins? I don't hate them. I just don't collect them. All right. So what do you what do you actually do then? You buy and sell. Oh goodness. Do you so do you have a company of your own? If you were selling to people, many people that wanted a particular year and mint mark and uncirculated condition, you can't go to your bank to get them because chances are they won't have exactly what you need. Right. So they have to find somebody that can supply exactly what they're looking for in mass quantities and, you know, large quantities. Which is how many? So for a quarter, a $500 box. So there's, what, 2,000 quarters at a time to someone? Hmm. Yeah. Who the hell wants 2,000 quarters? <laughs> People that sell them to collectors. So if I'm a collector, I want... Oh, it's someone who sells them to... So you're not selling to the collector. No. You're selling to the... Wholesaler, who put, so you're even. I'm selling beyond, to the retailer. To the retailer, retailer. so you're all the wholesaler. Oh. So where are He's you? He's the big guy. 
So, yeah, you're high up the food no, chain. The, the mint coin, is coin. the big guy. Yeah. So yeah. you're down, you're the next step down from the mint. From the Fed. Oh wow. From the Fed. Wow. So you're a heartbeat wow. away from the Fed. Correct. You're like Fed Junior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty but impressive. Another good name wow. for the for a band. Fed Junior. <laughs> Blind Fed Junior. Wow. Hmm. So you get a hold of... So someone comes to you and says, I want 2,000 quarters, or do you instigate this thing yourself by going to the mint saying, I need 2,000 quarters? No. The retailer comes to me with a demand or a, a, you know inventory list that they right. need, and so I try and supply it to him or her. Is it mostly guys? Mostly. Not all, no. But mostly. Hmm. Older. Mostly yes. older guys. Collecting coins. Well, the collectors for sh- for sure, right. but the retailers, it's, it's a good mix of men and women. So when do you squeeze in playing music? At night. Uh, what kind of music? Well, I read something recently that said it's psychedelic folk. Nice. Which I had not heard before. Described. Psychedelic folk. Okay, so now we're going to have to hear something because that doesn't make any sense. That yep. description yeah. to anyone. Yeah. What do you call it? Rock, rock and roll. Rock and rock. Rock with a little bit of roll, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it sounds like sort of good old-fashioned upbeat pop music. Yeah, there's... That's the funk, huh? Psych pop is another one. Psych pop. Yeah. That's good. Well, let's be the judge of this. Okay, so what are we going to listen to? So you have... Okay, so the the band is called Shadow Brother, Mm -hmm. and the concept is, as far as I can understand, is there's three three of you guys, and no one is in the same city. Correct. Everyone... Everyone makes this music by oh the interweb by circle yeah mm. so you you record something and send it to the one other guy and then he adds something to that and sends it to the next guy like a pretty like a daisy cool. chain loop de loop so that's cool. pretty high here's Graham Deponte our producer so that's kind of unusual right or so I'm told I didn't think it was that unusual but I think the more people I speak to about it the more people say that. Um, it seems like you're pretty trusting because you're, you're doing what you want and then you give it to the next guy to do what he wants well, without, without conversation or with... There was 10 years of, in a practice space before we got to this point. Oh, wow. So we're pretty uh, well seasoned. Dispersed after having, mm. you know, formed the relationship. Yeah. Gotcha. And very trustworthy as well. What were you called before this? Oh, it was Augustine originally and then the third man after ah. the cease and desist order came for that band. <laughs> The th- after Adams. the season just disorder for Augustine, mm-hmm. oh. who was who was called Augustine? Some band in Hawaii <laughs> that was about to go on tour with Hot Topic. Wow! Or okay. the Hot Topic tour. And, and so that was that. With, then they sunk without trace as well, I guess, right? Yeah. Augustine. <laughs> then there's, like a, there's 500 Augustine bands at this point. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you could copyright a title, but I guess you can. Yeah. Oh, what's that? And he's a lawyer. Yes, you can. It was, yeah. It <laughs> was copyrighted in Tennessee, but absolutely. Whether you do it legally or do what we call um, the bootleg copyright, where you just mail yourself a letter right. and you use the postmark to state that's when I copyrighted it. Have you always had a voice like this or what? No, I have allergies, so I'm not trying to be sexy because I'm sitting at the table with your yeah. forehands. Well, you don't have I have right. allergies, I'm gonna start and my throat doing. is really scratchy. I'm going to start and so please. I'm sorry. Okay. What do you, know? what do you, you know? hear me in court? I'm like screaming and yelling. I'm like a Brooklynite, but well, I just. I read something I cool. Graham sent me a Graham sent me a bio about you, and it says uh, it's got a couple of words I can't even. I don't even know what they mean. I didn't write. Sound about Graham. Okay. <laughs> um, 
First one says, uh, what was the first word I found? Truculent. It says truculent. After a series of trials and acquittals, Nadia became known for her keen attention to detail and truculent litigation style. That's so funny. So I used to work for Jason Williams, and he actually wrote that bio. He wrote this. And I had to look up the words when I saw it. You didn't know what it means either. Bellicose and truculent. Yeah, it's got bellicose. I was like, Jason, what the hell is this? That was my next word. Consequently, she began her private practice in an effort to give each case more of her attention and time based upon her bellicose brand of lawyering. I don't know what the fuck that is. (laughs) But I heard it was good, so I left it in the bio. I like like the idea of making up words in your bio, though. They're real words. I know, but I think... Brian, Brian has an education, right? You went to Natchitoches General High School, board, right. whatever this. What was the school called? Louisiana School for Math, Science, and the Arts. Louisiana School for Math, Science, and the Arts. Okay. Do you happen to know what truculent or bellicose means? Bellicose sounds like warlike. Oh, mm. like just like good at like really standing for something, and truculent, stubborn. Maybe I, I, I don't remember. You don't no, actually no, no, know. That's a GRE sure. word, so I don't know. It's not stubborn. It's not stubborn. Gra- Graham is, is almost a writer. I know words. Okay. Graham, what does bellicose and truculent mean? Um, Do you know? Bellicose Jeff? is warlike. Like, like, warlike. Warlike. Come like, and talk yeah, into a microphone here for a sec. So bellicose is fighting. Bellicose is fighting. fighting. Yeah, it's like, it's... it's you have to be 100% sure because we're going to hear about this if you're wrong. Bellicose means, um, it means, um... Like you're a fighter, you're a warrior. A beautiful okay. warrior. Chuckling. Beautiful warrior. Bella, as in beautiful. Thank you for adding that. As in, okay, um, as in costume. I don't think so. Truculent. 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 It's like the same. At least we know how to pronounce it, so we're onto something. We're not fucking up the pronunciation. So you send this out to people, Nandi, I do. I love and you it. don't know what it means. Why I would, would you? too. Well, would you? I would absolutely. You, to- you sent out a, a resume, that, a bio. That if it would. sounded like that, hell yes. When it was first written, I looked it up and it sounded great, so I said, fuck it, I'm going to leave it in there. Right. And now I just send it. And every time I send it, people are like, oh my God, look at these words. She's and Jason loves that he did that, and so I'm going to leave it in now, there. Is this- is this, Jason, is this, has been on our show. Jason is the city council yes. person. I think he should be the mayor of New Orleans, that guy. I think so, too. Based on the 60 minutes he spent talking to us on the show, he was great. Yeah, he is. And are you still in touch with him? Yes, I used to work for him, and then he went to city council. And so then I broke off and opened my own firm. And so he actually wrote that bio when we were going to do a website. Right. And, and But he got busy being a city council person. It's a lot of work. And then you went and opened your own law firm, which is called something difficult to remember. NFC Law. Yeah, NFC Law. It sounds like a football team or something. I love it. <laughs> My name is Nandi Falade Campbell, and I think NFC just sounds really official. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. And it sounds eliminates like people just messing up my first name by calling me Nandy. <laughs> Nandy. Yeah. It sounds like Australian, mate. Nandy. Yeah. It's, it's Where are you from? New York. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. From Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. Bed-Stuy. Bed-Stuyverson. What, what brought you down here? Um, New Orleans. I first moved here to become a public defender. I loved the weather, the music. I became a jazz fest addict. Right. Yep. And so I said, let's That's go. Might as well stay. Yeah, I'm here. I just bought a house last year. So you can't get rid of me. Well, where did you buy it? Where are you? Central City. And Brian said Central City was safe. And then I had to tell him I, I walked into the middle of a shootout last week. Oh, did you? Why would you walk into the middle of a shootout? I think Why I was texting or something. And <laughs> I heard the shots and I turned around and I saw the shootout. And I, I wow. know how to drop and roll. Did you Brooklyn. do that? We, you know, 
Did I you did. draw her off? That was okay. What were you wearing? Anything good? I don't remember. I think I was wearing my suit from court. I would have thought I don't want to mess up my clothes. I'm not going to drop them. Well, Brian suggested oh, I give him my um, business card. Like, hey, guys, when y'all finish shooting, come good get idea. my business card. Yeah, yeah. Do you do that kind of no, law? Uh, oh, criminal defense. You do? That's my Were you a public defender originally? For a so year. For a year. That was enough, right? That was about it. Yeah. So who, how do you get paid when you're a criminal defense attorney, a private one like you are? That's a good question. Thank um, you. You get a retainer, and then you just hunt down your clients for the balance. <laughs> so this is someone who's committed a crime. Who's allegedly. Well, we say allegedly. allegedly. Sorry, allegedly okay. committed a crime. Allegedly. So a lot of people who allegedly commit crimes don't have a lot of money unless they've robbed somebody, maybe, or they're a drug dealer. Oh, no comment. So, um, so, so it's basically you, their families, it's right? It's not like so, these white-collar crimes where these guys are super wealthy. I get some of those, but it's uh-huh. basically the family. So you're arrested, and then your your wife, your girlfriend, and your second girlfriend all get together, right. and they pile a bunch of money do together, they know and each they other? come these, to me. Sometimes street? I have them all come into the office. So do they know each other typically, or only after I've committed a crime, then they all get to meet I each other? I don't know. That's a good question. I've never asked. I'm always impressed that they're all together. The wife, the girlfriend, and the other girlfriend. I've had that happen three times. Wow. I understand the wife and the girlfriend, but the girlfriend and the second girlfriend Yeah, it seems like in New Orleans you guys <laughs> like a lot. Interesting. That's a New Orleans thing, particularly? Um, or is it a murderer type thing? <laughs> I've, I learned about it here. So I, I practiced in Georgia for a year, and I experienced it here. So it's kind of like a back-to-the-community theory, right? Mm-hmm. Back Everybody to church. Get along, one family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what kind of crime has this guy committed? We're totally totally stereotyping people here like it's a guy, but I suppose most of these guys are guys, are they? The percentage are males, African-American males. And and I practice, uh, I will defend you if you're arrested for marijuana. I will defend you if you're arrested for murder. Okay. No traffic tickets, though. But marijuana, marijuana you don't normally, I mean, you get paid for that because how much could that, that's a one-day appearance in court, right? No, I wish it was. It's, here that, it's and, complicated? Yeah. It's like a three-appearance really? crime. Our DA is really tough on drug um, crimes mm-hmm. here. Um, you'll be surprised. If I don't get diversion and I want to go to trial, it takes about three or four appearances for a misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. Is that right? That's so right. That's, so that requires the wife, the girlfriend, and the other girlfriend all pulling resources. I don't even just for a week. No, no, so it's just mostly <laughs> someone who's killed someone. And I Allegedly. Don't is that right? It's mostly murder? <laughs> Um, Alleged murder or The what? bulk of my cases are murder, right. aggravated oh. rape. Aggravated rape? I have a few rape cases. And that aggravated rape Why guy Why did you has, look at him? I don't know. I, th- I uh, don't know. Sorry. <laughs> Jeff, he knows my rap sheet. Yeah. <laughs> he did his homework. So, so is the musician. I'm interested in this, in this, in this detail, though. Someone musician who commits aggravated rape. <laughs> Has actually has got a allegedly, wife. Has allegedly, allegedly has got a wife, a girlfriend, another girlfriend, Sometimes. and he's still raping person number four. Allegedly, huh? Well, I'm so saying allegedly. We have the innocent into proven guilty okay. thing going on but in this country. This guy's got three there. chicks he could have sex with. Um, Why is he raping the f- girl number four? Well, the two cases I had, where there were three partners in, um, actually one was a murder, and one was a theft, a post Katrina. Um, Contract theft. Contract theft. That's correct. Someone hired this person. Uh, we had a bunch of contractor uh, thefts after Katrina. A contractor. Contra- right. I'm sorry. I'm not a contract theft like not the a contract mafia. Theft, like they stole the contract. Oh, right? they stole like tools from a contractor. I'm sorry. It's contractor fraud theft. After Katrina, a lot of homeowners right. got 
bamboozled by right, a lot right, of contractors. Right, right. And so I got a lot of those cases after Katrina. Uh, okay. um, and so I had one guy from, I think he was from Georgia. He had a wife, a girlfriend, and another friend. And then I had a murder case in the same situation. And had the, did, the, did you get the guy off that murder in the end? Or is he I think he pled, the murder pled. And I think what the, does that mean? He, um, he so pleaded guilty. 95% of our cases are going to plead criminal cases, that no matter it, where you live. That means you admit guilt. Admit guilt or say I'm pleading because it's in the best interest, right? Is or, it? If you didn't do it, is it still in your best interest to plead guilty to murder? If it's no contest, right? Sometimes Louisiana is a one-witness state, so if Brian said... I shot someone, and he's sticking to that story, I can be convicted of murder just based on Brian's testimony mm. alone. So some people say, I don't want to risk it. Brian so, testified really good. So I'm just going to go ahead and plead so I can do 20 years instead of eight, my life. Even if Brian I didn't, is a really good testifier. Even if I didn't do it and Brian just got it wrong, some people I'm wanna, still going to say 20 years. Brian, maybe. It happens a lot. <laughs> How, it That's happens a lot. Unfortunately. So there's a lot of people... Innocent people in jail because someone like Brian, not saying you're going to do that, Brian. Yeah, to not, go, with an, not with an education from science and math. I mean, to go um, to trial, it, it requires a lot, right? It's a, it's a risk thing. I don't know if you're gamblers, right? So, no matter how bad or good your case is, there's a possibility you're going to get that jury that says, I don't like the way she looks, I don't like um, what she's wearing, right. and I'm just going to find her guilty. And so, some people don't have the stomach to take that risk. And those are the people who probably plead down and know they're pleading, um, not because they're guilty, but because it's in their best interest. That has got to be the most fucked up system. I mean, what, like, what, what more do you need in, in the modern era to, to feel like you're really safe in a jury of your peers? What, right. you know, I, think, I think it's Requiring safe to say more that. more evidence, right? Not have a rule where one witness is enough. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I don't trust well, any of my peers these days, you know? Well, what state should we kill someone in where they need two witnesses? <laughs> Um, the other free, Every other, other one. Really? I, I think I it is. Probably. But there are, right. There are a lot of states that require uh, corroboration if it's just one witness. And I can't think of any states offhand. Um, I know practice in Georgia requires more evidence than just one witness. Is this related to the Napoleonic Code or for, um, for Louisiana? Yes, we're all codal. But how do we get to a situation like this? With all these lawyers and people like you, smart people, why doesn't someone push to have that change? That's insane. I think that the criminal law, the criminal defense lobbyists are not very strong. The district attorney lobbyists are well-funded. What about someone like Jason Williams, who's extremely smart and connected? And you? Why wouldn't you guys do something about this? So it requires something on a statewide level, right? And New Orleans It's got to start somewhere, I agree. And I think that if you look at the whole of Louisiana, there's not a lot of people who are going to be kind of gung-ho to move our laws to help defendants, unfortunately. I think it's a little different here in New Orleans, but, but you, you can, have to look at it on a statewide okay, level. Okay, but if you can make the point that there is a number of innocent people pleading to spending 20 years in jail because oh, there that's are people the best making option. That point. There are people. Like, we had a lot of movement with juvenile justice this year, and yeah. I think slowly we're going to get there. But if you have a whole state um, who are kind of want to be hard on criminal law. They want to be hard as far as criminals are concerned. Right. Um, that's the problem. But we're sending a, a decent number of innocent people to jail. Is what we are the most incarcerated here in Louisiana. Right. So I've numbers. had a great idea that I've mentioned on the show before and no one's gone for it. You might like this idea. I have this idea 
for the for a court system where someone goes to court and they're you know they're hauled up before the judge and they put their hand on the Bible and they swear to tell the truth. And then they actually do tell the truth. Oh, that's how about uh, that for a radical oh. idea? How you about should if, copyright that yeah. immediately. <laughs> how about if everyone just told the truth, like they said they're going to, with their hands on the Bible? That's a unique. That's, that's a unique. It's a novel oh, idea, right? Wow. Let's try it. Never heard of that. Maybe. Then we wouldn't have we don't to have, have all the Bibles in the court anymore. They don't have a Bible. I think. Ah. I think maybe is there the, another book we could try? Yeah, I was thinking the Sports Illustrated. Well, the phone book, no one uses the phone book anymore. Yeah, but, no, you know, exactly. It's case-by-case yeah. case basis, depending I mean, on the defense. Something that's mm-hmm. sacred, you know. But like it's pretty... The star report? Like the swimsuit issue. <laughs> that's, that's more sacred. Mm-hmm. Even if we... What do they use now when they say... They don't I think have you just nothing. raise your hand. You just raise your hand and swear to tell the truth the whole truth. That and then you just lie your ass the off. Police. You have to start before you're sworn in, so everybody in the process has to tell the truth. Yeah, that's Even what the I'm police saying. officers. Well, while right? you're in the courtroom, at least you have to tell the truth. You can, tell, you can say what you want outside. But in the courtroom where it says, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God, and you say yes, then what about if you just did in that courtroom you have to tell the truth? I'm going to take that on. Well, journalists, okay. journalists have fact checkers. Maybe we get some fact checkers in there <laughs> and a firing squad. Yeah. But everybody knows in that courtroom. Everyone's got an opinion. Even if they're, even if they're like Brian, they're lying and they're a bad witness, a hostile witness or whatever. What is that called when someone... A hostile one. Well, someone tells it, says, I saw the guy sh- perjury. Perjury. I can't believe that people really do that. How could you have a, I guess you just have no conscience whatsoever. I think, I believe that once you tell the lie, it's so hard to get out of it, especially when the stakes are so high, right? You dig in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is how people get shot. Anyway, I'm interested in the guy with the girlfriend, the wife, and the other girlfriend. That's, that's a fascinating person. Is there write a book? Could we, my theory could, is if you could afford all of them, then it's okay. My parents, my father, at one point was going to have three wives, and my uncle had to. And, of course, they weren't legally married, but if you could afford it, you could afford a large your, family. If you got the psychological okay. capacity to have three relationships okay. right. as well, that would be rather difficult. Your uncle had two wives? Correct, for 15 years. Wow. Did they know about each other? Yes, they lived in the same house, wow. two sets of kids. In Brooklyn? Yes, Wow. And oh. what did the neighbors think of that? Nothing? Um, I don't know. Did they it's kind of norm to me, so I don't, I don't really know what the neighbors thought. And then was your uncle your mother's brother? Or my father's brother. Your father's brother. So my your father, father thought, I'll get in on the act as well, and I'll have three wives. No, he was supposed to do it first, and it didn't work out. It didn't kind of mesh. Were you involved with this? Are you alive at this point? Yes, I am. So you were alive when your father said, I'm going to bring an act. Well, my three no, older sisters. Yeah. Um... One born January, one born March, one born May. So I come Not after. Not the same year. The same year. Three, three wives. Oh, after. right. Okay. So, so it your dad it got these out. three women knocked up on the same January, yeah. March, and May. Mm-hmm. God, that's Which great. Which was great. I grew up Good with like God. four mothers, right? So all these women knew each other and they were... <laughs> They were, were all living in the same house? We, we never lived together, but we were in but the same community. Right. I graduated from law school. I had my mothers there. I introduced them as mothers. People lost track. These are my three mothers. Yeah. Well, four, actually. Well, three was your in law own, school, ironically. was your mother. My mother. Who gave birth to you. That's correct. Who was married to your father. Correct. And then these three other women. Who two you got? Others. Two others total. Right. Oh, so there's three total. Okay. That's correct. Okay. And then my dad got married. Right. Okay. So your dad knocked up these three women in whatever month that was, nine months before, mm-hmm. in one year, mm-hmm. and they were all born 
Was he having a heart attack at that point? No. Was he? He was cool with it. I'd be freaking out if the phone rang and he said, had eight kids "Guess what? Total. I'm pregnant." Yeah. He had eight. Total. Yeah. Monogamy is not a natural thing, and I don't want to like turn it. It's like, not a natural thing. What in your life do you say? I'm going to wear the same clothes every day. I'm going to eat the same meal every day. Right. And so I, I, I have some really interesting thoughts as far as monogamy is concerned. I know it comes from observing my father interact with people in a certain way. It's, mm. it's not a weird concept. Right. Yeah. What are you? Do you are you dating a couple of guys at the same time? No, dating in New Orleans suck. And so <laughs> I travel a lot yeah. and uh, I work a lot. So, so what does that mean? I, I, I don't date in New Orleans. Why? What's wrong with guys here? Um, so, I come from New York where people get married older. Here in New Orleans, people get married really young. So, I'm 45. So, the pool that I get to pick from are either like divorced with a bunch of kids, right? Or some man who wants a side chick and a, and a girlfriend. Okay. Um, and so, that's it's a lot of baggage either way. So. But if you, you know, you have these ideas about you know, monogamy or maybe further out that box, would you consider yourself someone who could consider in the right circumstance being in a relationship that was not monogamous? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of intimidating for men, for a woman to introduce that, I find, too. Mm-hmm. Men are yeah, like, yeah. what? Yeah. What are you talking oh, about? Yeah. Are you crazy? What have you been all my up? life? Yeah. <laughs> and so, and it's intimidating to women, too. I, I realize that this is very unusual to say out loud, especially in the South. Oh, dear. Are we recording? Yeah, no. It's 2017. <laughs> no one listens to this. <laughs> have you floated this by other people around here? Do you find I people have. are shocked when you say this? Uh, I'm, I'm just a shocking person. I think people don't, you know, they're not surprised by anything I say anymore, so. Well. I think if you can get away with it, it would be great, actually. I mean, mean, people do it all the time. They're just not honest about it. It's a secret, right. You only find out after you shoot somebody, and then your wife and your girlfriend and the other girlfriend have to (laughs) cough up a whole bunch of money. But do you think, would you be be interested in dating two guys at the same time for real? But, I mean, if you met the two right guys, or just in front? Sure, why not? Right. You don't think after you met one guy that would be, like, enough? If he was enough, right? But if so, he's not. If he yeah, was enough. You can't get everything from one person necessarily. Yeah, we don't Brian, do what's that your in deal? Other areas Are you single, married, or what? Married. You married? Yeah, but I was just talking Would you ha- have an affair with Nandi if I could pop that up for you? Graham, what's up? We know Brian's wife. We know Brian's wife. <laughs> so that means no affair? <laughs> is that going to ruin everything? Depends or? on whether she listens to this or not. Um, Tell you weren't on it. Brian's married to Lisa Tab. Lisa Tab. Ah, we love Lisa Tab. Okay. Well, she'll be totally cool with you having sex with Nandi if it's not. You know, what about falling in love? Is that okay? Yeah, sure. So you can be in love with two guys, no worries? Sure. Okay. Right. We, we love a lot of people, right? I, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brian, are you cool with falling in love with two women? I think it would be... Sure. I'm cool with it. I don't think no. it would, I think it'd be complicated. Jeff, what's your situation? Are you married, single? I am married. Married, two children. You're not married to two children. You're married with two children. Married with? <laughs> with two children. Let's just get the preposition correct. Those that mine. could be complicated. I have got a lawyer for you just in case you do want to marry children, but I don't know if we can get you off that one. In case my boys, well, boy and girl drive me crazy. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll oh, consult that. you. Champagne. How, how old are your kids? Uh, one just turned four and one's five months. Oh, five months. Wow. Mm. So would you consider having a girlfriend and another girlfriend? given that your wife's not listening to this? <laughs> I, I want to answer 
no, not a girlfriend and a girlfriend. No, that that just end it. You know, just cut just, it off. Just cut it off, cut it and off then right have here. as many girlfriends as you want, without any rule breaking involved. What's well, only a rule if you accept? I mean, there's no law that says you can't have a wife and a girlfriend. There's a law that says you can't have two wives. I think the courts would disagree, right? No, no, no. It depends on where you live, and it only comes into play if somebody files for divorce. Right. Then it becomes a law. Well, hang on. What law says you can't have a wife and a girlfriend? Well, it just comes into play uh, when you get divorced. So it's a a fault divorce, Mm. right? So that's regarded as So you're punished based on that. I believe. I assume. What could happen to me? You could eliminate that by having contracts with people, though. So, if Brian wants to have a relationship with you as well as Lisa, he's going to have to have a contract? That no, says to what? avoid the at-fault divorce, right? Mm-hmm. To avoid being penalized if it all falls apart, you just say, hey, Lisa, let's, me, Lisa, and Brian, we're going to sign a contract. Uh, it says I'm allowed to bang other people and oh, you can't that there's going to be no replications, you know, replication for our okay. having this relationship. And how much does it cost me to get that drawn up? <laughs> I don't do contracts, but I notarize for free. You know? For free? So uh, we can write a little contract here and... Get our wives to sign it. Now, is that the same thing as a post-nuptial agreement? Is that what you're describing? Sort of. Sort of. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know there was such a thing, but that's what it is, I guess. Have you heard of that before, Jeff? I have, but I don't really know exactly what it is, but I have heard of it. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what it is. It's a, an agreement that you sign that modifies your relationship after you've been married already. A.K.A. contract. Yeah. Huh? Hmm. And how common is this? I've never heard of anything like this. I, I don't. I don't know if it's common, or I don't know if it happens all the time, and people are just not talking about it. Right. I know in New York, I knew several families that were living like this, but I haven't met anybody in New Orleans yet. And is this a black thing, or a black and white thing, or? This is a black and white thing. It is. I think so. I think in the white community, it's probably connected to religion. Religion. Yeah. What religion Mormon? are we talking about? I'm trying to think Mormon. about it. Mormons? Mormons. Mormons. Um, I don't even think the Mormons too. do that anymore, do they? Yeah, no, sure I they believe do. so. They do? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't think there's any other religion. Well, unless the well, other countries, like Arab countries, there's people with two or three or four oh, wives. Absolutely. But I don't think that's a religious thing, is it? I think they just have a different religion, but culturally they... Mm. Multiple wives is acceptable. Brian, what are you thinking? Um, just was thinking about having a harem. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Good or bad idea? I know. I just had a vision of a tent and olives and, you know, other things. <laughs> Camels? Cam- <laughs> yeah. They were outside waiting for, uh, okay. for the getaway. Yeah. That's an interesting concept. So when did you get married? You got married recently to Lisa. We know Lisa because she, she was a salesperson with us here. Yeah. She, I, heard about, I heard about that early on when I met her, like right. first couple of dates. Um, we got ah, married. That's one of the first things she talks about. It was early oh, on. Man. It was early on. Early on. All right. Early on. Makes me feel good. Yeah. That's nice to know that we feature somewhere in somebody's yeah, life. Yeah. You know? That's good. Yep. I still have her card from it, actually. Oh, yeah. She gave me her card. Oh, how cool. All right. What is she doing now? She worked for World Jewish Services or something. Yep, Jewish Children's Jewish Regional Wo- Services. Jewish Jason. Children's Regional Services. Okay. Mm-hmm. As a fundraiser. Uh, yeah, an event organizer too. Right. Oh, really? Okay, that's what she did. She's amazing at that. She, mm-hmm. she organized our wedding like completely herself. She was like the wedding planner and the bride. And you know, the funny huge. thing is that we didn't get invited how do you explain that one? Yeah, please. Uh-oh. Oh, I'm, I'm we're so, Yeah, really. Um, seeing we're 
She mentioned us on the first date or two. Major and yet com- we didn't get invited to the wedding. What yeah, about that? Hmm. Major com- computer glitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you can Some only invite so many people to your wedding. Let's face it. When did so, you get married? May 14th. Great. And how did you meet? Last year. Congratulations. We met online. Oh, that's cool. Yep. I was, you know, just starting to online date. I'd never done it until about 2013, and it was more fun than I thought. Which nice. service were you Which one? Okay, Cupid. Okay, Cupid. Um, All right. Hmm. That was a good one. How did you meet your wife, Jeff? Oh, we worked together when we were teenagers. In the coin biz? <laughs> no. The YMCA. Nice. YMCA? Yes. Sir. Hey, come on. Uh-huh. Down on the Lee Circle there? No, in Metairie. Well, I'm saying Metric. Wow, yeah. you've known each other for a long time. For a very long time. Wow, it's time for you to branch out and get girlfriend <laughs> number one. And girlfriend Not without a contract. Two. Not without a contract. Nope. Don't move without a contract. Let's take a listen to something from Shadow Brother, which we were going to do yeah, about a half hour ago. So what are we? Like, which one are we going to listen to? I think we decided on Passenger's Ghost, track 10. Passenger's Ghost, track 10, which I love the song. This is on the new album, which is coming out called... Delta of Time. With an extremely cool cover as well cover art well thank you did you do that no I wish it's really cool okay the album is called Delta of Time the band is called Shadow Brother and the song is called Passenger's Ghost and here it is Love for me. She lives 
Well, it's just me. I love that. What do you think? That was awesome. That was nice. Isn't it good? Nice summer cruiser. I always love summer cruisers. What what are you doing on that, Jeff? I'm playing guitar and keyboards on that. And who's singing that? Toby Best. Toby Best. And he's in Memphis. He is in Memphis. Jake Best, his brother, is also on guitar, and he's in New York. Wow. Brooklyn? Your neck of the woods. He's in Brooklyn? Mm -hmm. I think so, yeah. Okay, good. So who wrote that? How did that start out, that song? So it started out with an acoustic guitar and some lyrics, and then it expanded out from there. Um, sent off to Jake, and... You started it? Toby, Toby started, started okay. that. And I got it maybe halfway through, and then threw on my parts, and sent it back up to Memphis. So the, the thing that makes that song, apart from the lyric, is the sort of the... The happy vibe, whatever that. What is doing that? Is that a guitar part that's doing that? Yes. Is and that, keyboards. Who put, who put on the keyboards? So does someone decide to put that in and change the vibe of the whole song suddenly, and you get that next, or did you do that, or what happened? Hmm. You know, I think the guitars tend to do that. Um, it was with an acoustic guitar and a melody. You can kind of go in the direction right. you want to. That's what I'm thinking. Somebody then gets that and adds that ringing guitar bit that makes the whole song, that gives it that whole summer vibe. Yeah. And then that changes everything. So are you surprised when you get that? I mean, you go, the, like, oh, the, that the, was a good idea. The melody, too, though, you know, um, the pep and the step of the vocal also helps sort of dictate where you think, like right. what you're hearing and where you can go with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've done 180s before where it was solemn, sad, slow, and it changed, and, and vice versa. But um, it's an exciting way to make a song, I would think. You get it, you get the file comes back to you, and you hit play, and then you don't know what you're going to get from your fellow contributors. It must be fun. Yeah, I think yeah, <laughs> I think when Toby gets it back from Jake and I, that's probably what what he's he's the one most curious. Right. You know. Who gets um, the final say? Toby. Well, yeah, and then Pete Matthews, he mixed the record. So Pete's got a rap sheet as long as his bar, and he, he, I guess, can maybe be, he might be the only one to persuade Toby in a direction that he thinks is the right one. But at the end of the day, you know, Toby makes a pretty strong judgment call. Well, this whole record is pretty cool. When is it coming out? February 14th, Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, 2017. All right, okay. Considering the old theme of the songs, which is kind of fitting, I guess, based on the conversations we've had about relationships, multiple relationships, divorces, <laughs> contracts. Mm-hmm. So it works. The album works with that topic. You of, guys getting uh, together for a CD release show? No plans to play live mm. right now. Yeah. Well, everybody um, says the only way you're going to make any money in the music business now well, is playing live. It's, it's, you're going to want right about that. I've we're just never doing made this, money, no. You're just doing this to make music? Yes. Wow, how cool is that? That's a great position to be in, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Nice yeah, way I to mean, do it. It would mm. be sweet to make a, a dollar, but yeah, no, it's... So you're just going to put it up on Spotify. We're all going to steal it and listen to it and enjoy it, and you're going to get nothing out of it whatsoever. Uh, Other than the satisfaction of knowing that... And you'll one yeah. cent or whatever. I might it is. get a comment here and there. Yeah, comments are all nice. worthwhile. I would love to go hear this live myself, actually. Yeah, so would I. You would? <laughs> yeah. It would well, be. Why don't we hook it up? Yeah. 
We just have we'll to get see. these guys to fly in from Memphis to New Orleans. They could drive here even. Mm. We'll see. Okay. Well, maybe we'll get Brian to go kick some ass because that's what he does for a living. Well, you could. He's, look, he looks. What, he what, looks very. Seriously? Mi- this guy looks very mild mannered, doesn't he? We haven't even talked about what you Brian does. Then, then Andrew's going to play a song in a minute, but let's talk about what Brian does. You know what he does? No. He's got a uh, an organization. He's the founder and chief instructor of Nola Aikido. Oh, where he kicks You're the ass. first person to say Aikido correctly, and I've done Nandi and Aikido yes. now. <laughs> what yes. do most people say? Aikido or Aikido or ah. Aikido or yeah. Okay, I can't even hear the difference in any of those. But okay, <laughs> so so how did you get into the kicking ass business? Um, I read a book. Aha, fatal. Before YouTube, yeah. <laughs> now it's now it'd be YouTube. But um, what was it called? Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Mm. It was made into a movie a few years ago with Nick Nolte as this old sage that works at a gas station. The movie was almost watchable, but the book was very cool. Cool. It was about a gymnast who met this guy and just liked what the guy was sort of giving off, his vibe, and got drawn into this whole spiritual path, and Aikido was part of it. And oh. It just somehow intrigued me. When I went to grad school in linguistics in Santa Barbara, leaving Shreveport, where there was not much at the time besides you know, Mexican restaurants, Italian restaurants, and Chinese food was the extent of ethnic and cultural diversity in that city. Then riverboats came. But <laughs> is Aikido, uh, it, is it more about takedowns than strikes? Is that a thing? Yeah, it's all about redirecting attacks. Yeah. So whatever you bring, I try to completely blend with that. And at its best, you do almost nothing. You just put yourself where you need to be. and. Uh-huh the resolution occurs, which usually means you fall down, go flying, or get pinned. Uh-huh. So, but, yeah. could, could, I, could I get a couple of drinks in me and then, then just come at you and just, you know, I'd like to get taken down, That would be fun. Because um, I have to, like, right now, I'm so, I would be teaching kids it. class right now, but yeah. I'm grateful to my students, Laura and Keith, shout out to them for yeah. teaching right now. Yeah. Got to go back to the dojo and teach an adult class later, but I'd love to sit here, stand here, and drink together, and yeah. then kick Andrew's yeah. ass. And then, yeah. well, well, I just, or you, you know, kick my ass, or we I both keep. fall down, or I got nothing. I'd, I'd love. So, to, well, I guess in a less uh, joking way, I would. That's a very interesting thing to you know, to to redirect my energy into something I didn't expect would happen. That's that seems fascinating. I'd love to be really to experience fun. that. To yeah. throw very, yourself, very fun. Andrew threw himself at you. You would find it. You know a way to. To deflect him and well, I mean, I would never, cl- I would never without. claim that if anybody, you know, whoever throws himself at me with a grab or a punch or a kick or a knife or whatever, that I'm going to be invincible mm-hmm. or right. that I know but I'll, sur- pretty I'll, good- know I'll survive Is the next shootout. Is that why you call it uh, peaceful? <laughs> yeah. Why you add that element to it? Yeah, we actually changed what we how we tried to we're trying to put put it out there as like what is it? Is it just a martial art of? whatever and we finally went with the art of peace because mm. the martial part's part of it but it's more about how do you create peace mm. which i know sounds <laughs> whatever but um is it self-defense it is it is because you just you get out of the way you send the person out, you know flying and you're defending yourself but you're trying to do it in a way that you don't destroy them mm. that's the difference but is it is it anything like judo or anything where you're oh, yeah. attacking is there any attacking involved you're trying to pin the other person or beat them. You usually don't have to. It, it's not very. It's not a very good attacking art beat because them. 
because... I know what's so funny about that, Nandi. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you want to beat someone and shoot someone. I feel like I have to beat someone. I don't want to shoot, shoot anybody. It's I want to see what he does if Nandi throws herself at him. What's he going to do then? I don't know. Well, we've already established <laughs> that we had, we had other contractual yeah, things yeah, coming. Yeah, so, right. I mean, we want to see that defensive move. Aikido is, is usually practiced at very intimate distances, so yeah. I, mean, I yeah. really can't predict. Uh, but... <laughs> um, well, this, but you know, hit a good. And we are at happy hour in New Orleans, and we already established anything's possible. But but you've hit on a good point. When people find out, hit on notice. When people <laughs> when people find out that you're a, a martial arts person, do they all want to kick your ass and take you on? Thankfully, that doesn't happen a lot. Probably because I come across as mild mannered, and and you know, don't come across like right. You know, yeah, bring it. You know, right. Unless I'm in a bad mood, <laughs> but that's always a bad idea. <laughs> Yeah. I'm always telling. But does like, it ever happen? People say, "Oh, yeah." It has never yet happened. I've no, never been no like buddy tra- in a bar. The worst ever. thing I did was over the holidays when my old friend in Shreveport. I was visiting at their lake house, and one of their like a member of their family's friends, one of these teenage kids, they wanted me to show them something. So they weren't drinking, and I think I, none of us were. It was New Year's Eve, actually. And well, New Year's Eve, no one's drinking. That's, yet, that's normal. Yet, yet, yet. Yeah. Oh, okay. But at this time, early on, when it was still before the kids' bedtime, they asked these 15-year-olds just to attack me with whatever they wanted, and I wasn't used to that. And the kids, they also they were showing off for each other, right. so they really didn't want to fall down. Right. But the first kid just kept falling down and smiling and loving it. The second guy was bigger, so he was playing it safe and bouncing and not really committing to his attacks. He didn't fall down as much. He didn't hit me either. And finally, he was like, "Yeah, that's that's pretty good," and, yeah. and stopped. Um, so that was that was the worst I ever did. Was like, oh, I thought there was going to be a third bear, you know? It? In Sweden, there. Yeah, that in Sweden. Came, that came How do we get to Sweden? Okay. Jumping to Sweden, I did yes. intervene in two fights, and uh, I did get punched in one of those. But it was on a bus. Swedes drink a lot around certain holidays, mm. such as you get the invo- weekend. How'd you get involved? <laughs> How'd you get involved in a fight on a bus in Sweden? Um, because it was a major holiday and everybody was really drunk. It was called, I think it was Valborn Mass Afton, which is uh, when you build giant, oh, that one. <laughs> yeah, you build giant bonfires. Everybody was so drunk. And uh, there was one guy kicking someone at the bus stop. Like, and then they got on the bus and then they started fighting again. And I just decided to put myself between them. And, so. Do you speak Swedish at all? I do. I lived in Sweden for years. And that was where I went deep with Aikido. Was, I started in California in grad school in linguistics, like I said, and then I went on to Sweden because of an earlier relationship and also because of, uh, I stayed because of the Aikido. Went for love Go and stayed for, for the love women, stay for the martial arts. That's it. <laughs> and, uh, and, and the fish. And what's, what does Swedish sound like? Who do we know from Sweden? Anders Osborne? Uh, Anders Osborne. I've, sp- I've spoken Swedish with Teresa Andersson. She actually moved uh, to Shreveport. So. She's Swedish go- chef. She left here? She did. Swedish she chef. Mm-hmm. Swedish chef, I was going to say. <laughs> we can talk some Swedish. <laughs> okay. What's up with Swedish meatballs? Um, they are not as big as the Italian variety usually, and served with, served with cranberries Sweden? or lingonberries. Well, so there lingonberries. Is such a thing in Sweden is. Oh what, yeah. What got you to Sweden in the first place? Uh, met a woman in France when I was. Uh, Aha. Yeah. Right. So that's what did it for real. So then you got married to her, or you just fell in love with her and stayed in Sweden? In Sweden, I was thinking about earlier talking about contracts. A lot of people never marry. It's starting to happen more now, but there's a contractual arrangement in Sweden called sambo where you live with someone and after a year of living with someone, if you don't have a sort of equivalent of a prenup, you're legally common law married and you can lose all your shit. Well, wow. All right. Not, good, not, not speaking from experience as to whether I know anything there. about that. But, uh, that happened to you, in other words. 
something happens. Something like that. <laughs> what happens in Sweden? It stays in they Sweden. They stand there in Sverige. We want to prata om det. What happened to uh, Mrs. Sensei Levy then? Uh, which one? The original one. Oh. Um, the Swedish one. Life went on. It didn't work out. and she got, she got married eventually and had kids. Are you having kids, you guys? Don't know yet. So your name is Robert Brian Levy Sensei. Um, so what, I would never call wrong? myself Sensei because... Well, why is it down here on this piece of paper? Um, because it's a bio, so then you can get away with calling yourself that. And it's people, like truculent. Then you see me didn't call yourself... Right, truculent. You're a bellicose and truculent I, Sensei, Right, but I'm you? peaceful. I'm a Pacific bellicose oh, Sensei. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Atlantic kind's really, really dangerous. We avoided, but... So you speak Swedish. What else? Other languages? Romanian, which is useful when vampires attack. You can just say, You know, something happens. Holy crap. Why do you speak Romanian? Uh, that also was a romantic uh, embroilment wow. in Sweden with, with, with contracts that caused trouble. There. Okay, so did you have these two chicks at the same time, the Swedish and the Romanian? What stays in Sweden happens Sounds in like Sweden. Sounds like the answer How does that is one yes. Go? At least you have the languages to separate them. Yeah, it's better. Man, it's, that's better than, better, than, better than Eastern Europe, right? <laughs> this is a real Never dark horse Romania. kind of show we've got going on here now. Yep. So you've got the Swedish girl, <laughs> the Swedish girlfriend and the Romanian girlfriend at the same time, and you don't speak either. I didn't either. say that. I didn't go on record saying that. How did you say that? Guilty. What was the thing? Take the talk to my attorney. I take the fifth. No, yeah. Okay. So... And you don't speak either of these two languages as a first language, and you learnt them both from these women? Mm, yeah, it's the best way to learn. Man, alive. It's the most fun Andrew, way to learn. We're, we're really slow. And I, Jeff, I you feel... married to one woman since the YMCA in, yes. in high school, practically. <laughs> I got married when I was 14, yep. I remember you were 14. That was... I'm jealous. That sounds better, actually. Mm. I don't know. I would have loved to have learned Swedish and Romanian, Me especially too. Romanian. It would have been fun be to learn those and be married for a long time and have kids, you know. You can't have everything. No. You have to be happy with your Swedish and Romanian. Very useful, very lucrative. Mm-hmm. And your Aikido. <laughs> That's at least fun and can, you know, can you go, buy coffee with Could them. you go around the world and teach Aikido in Sweden and Romania, for example, to the I've gypsies? I've done a few some. <laughs> The gypsies have all come to Sweden, so you could do two for one. Oh, that's right. They've that's all, the whole EU thing. That's yeah, the whole problem. It's weird. In Stockholm, when I left, there was a lot of homelessness. You wouldn't think in a country where a socialized system was working so well, but I left in, to come here in 2007. Now, like, when I go back every year, it gets, it's getting worse and worse. They're privatizing everything, and then because of the EU... Um, the EU, I mean, all the Romanian uh, Romani, to be PC, right. are coming and begging. So every time I go to Sweden, I get to speak Romanian walking around because they're all sitting in the streets playing accordion. Mm-hmm. And they don't expect anyone to say, hey, do you really need money or whatever? Or, you know, or, uh, or do you, they have a sign in Swedish saying, I have eight, six kids. And, you know, it's like, yeah. if I start saying Romanian, I'm so sorry about your kids. And they're like shocked that you're speaking Romanian to them. But wow. Anyway. Do you look Romanian or Swedish or anything? Well, probably more Romanian. You do. So when you're away, do people re- you don't look Swedish? Swedish? Are they all born? Do not look Sweden. Not really. Swedish. Not Swedish. But Sweden's you get away really with now, though. Sweden. Well, when you go think. to Central Station in Stockholm, like one in nine people are are darker skin. There's a lot of Central Americans, a lot of Africans. One in nine. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that sounds good or not, but Lots it was of bikinis. Oh yeah. I want to. That's good. Do you want to go to Sweden? Andrew, we've got, no, we got to make Andrew play a brand new song for us right now. I can, or we could just, you know, keep rolling. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm here every week, so I don't need to play a song. If you you don't want to? 
I can if you want me to. I would love to hear it. Would you like, would you like I want to hear it? Yes. Yeah, I think Do it. it would, right. I think it would be a fitting moment right now to hear this Andrew's new song. She just wrote this morning. Wow. This is just thoughts that I had this morning. Okay. If it becomes a song, it'll sound different next time. <laughs> Be the first to hear this? You are. Nice. I didn't even play it for my mom yet. Nice. Hi, Mom. Do you have a name for it? Yeah. Okay, so we have the lyrics written down on a notebook. Here we go. Yeah, they're in there somewhere. Let me get into character. Busted out, I'm free at last. Still, I catch myself looking back. I miss the inside, I miss my bed, I miss my cellmate. I waited months to make my break. Now it's freedom that I want to escape I miss you, darling I miss our bed I miss my cellmate Wish I could crawl back through them vents I should have never hopped that goddamn fence Give me a name Who I gotta shake down To get you to take me back Downtown I busted out Out of your pen My mind replays that night again and again But darling, is it a crime If I won't back in There is no promise Out here No thrill of the chase I still carry around A key to your place Darling of mine Is it a crime If I won't back in Thanks, y'all. Yes, Andrew Duhon. Really awesome. I love that. That's a pretty good start. Thanks, David. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I I, uh, I think it's, it's pretty clear. It's not. It's not. It's pretty. You know, that one's pretty saccharine. Uh, but um, I like the idea. I want to mold it a little bit because I like the idea of you know someone who is uh, you know in the pen for a long time. They want to go back in because that's what they're comfortable to. And I I uh, you know I can relate that to relationships and whatnot. Mm. And you know whether or not it's good for you or or if it's just a creature of habit, I don't know. But, yeah, it's a, it's it's, a real thing. It's nice to be in. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, I kind of want to, I feel like Tom Waits would take it in more places that happen, like tell you more about what the cellmate does. You know, we, 
we draw pictures and we put them on our wall about all the places that we never got to go or something. You know, just little mm. things like that could be cool. And, well, this um, is just the first draft, though, so you can yeah, do all that still. Yes, yeah, yeah. And it's pretty short. Yeah, I wanted to keep. I like short songs. When it comes to simple songs, I like simple short songs. Right. You know, you know, I got to drag it out. Just make the point. And get out. Well, of there. that's the art of being able to make that point in a short space and yeah. make people and feel yeah, what exactly. you want them to feel. You, you got, yeah, right. Like, say what the most important things are, and let people's imaginations keep singing it along. I like those songs where somebody stops, and your mind's still singing it into whatever right. you want it to be, the thought you want it to be. Like, you know, those are the songs mm-hmm. I love. You know. Well, nice. thanks. You guys are going to have to get out of here and make room for paying customers, I believe. Yeah. Or well, we got to buy something. Let's get Before out of here. Just, yeah. <laughs> that's happy. Look, thank you so much, everybody, for being here. Brian Levy, who's a... Is it Levy? Pronounced Levy. Levy. You're two for two. Who's a... Hey, pretty good. Who's a fourth Dan black belt Aikido specialist, and you can find him at NOLA Aikido, and you can find a link to that on our website. It's neworleans.com. Nandi Campbell has been here as well. You Thanks can find our me. NFC Law. Thank you. You're welcome. And you don't even have a website that I can find on the internet. Do you have one? No, I don't. I don't need one. Strictly referrals. Really, referrals only. So if I wanted to uh, shoot someone and get my wife, girlfriend, another girlfriend to come down and bail me out, <laughs> how, how would I find you? Um, you will Google me. I'm on Google. Facebook, Nandi Campbell. I'm on okay. Instagram. I'm on Twitter. How did I find my lawyer Twitter. for my... <laughs> That's Twitter. Twitter. How did I find my murder. lawyer for my murder, murder. case? Instagram. <laughs> and Jeff Schmitke from the band... Brother Shadow. Shadow Brother. Shadow Brother. Almost had it right. One for two. Almost had it right. The album is called Delta of Time, and the song we heard today is Passenger's Ghost, if you want to go and try and find that after February the 14th, when yes. it comes out and is available everywhere. Everyone. Thank you so much to everybody Thank who made you. our Thank show you possible you today, guys. especially Basic Swim and Gym and Hangover Destroyer, and our producer, Graham DuPonte. Yes, our technical director, Thomas Walsh, our live feed directors, Asher Griffith and Grayson Jernigan, who made this possible on Facebook, and if you'd like to see this show on Facebook and see what we look like, you can go back and check it out. It's on our It's New Orleans Facebook page. Our theme music was written by and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show and you can stay upright for about an hour while you sit around drinking, drop us a line. Our address is on our website, itsneworleans.com. You can also check out many other hours of Happy Hour that are up on that website, as long as well as some other shows we make here. Out to lunch with Peter Aschuti, live from Commander's Palace, true to the game. With the very funny Chris True, Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canada, Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tucker, Milo's Music Parlor with Kim Vu, the podcast about death. Death the Podcast with psychologist Dr. Arian Alfant and questions from the waiting room with psychiatrist Nick Pajic. You can also find other great Louisiana podcasts at itsacadiana.com and itsbatonrouge.la. You can keep up with us on Facebook and on Twitter and a bunch of other time-sucking social media as well. And all of it we're called It's New Orleans where you can also find photos from this show. You can find that on itsneworleans.com and on our Facebook pages. Photos are taken today by Catherine King. Thank you, Catherine. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app, Thanks for subscribing to us. Take a moment, if you can, to stop everything and rate and review us. That helps other people find us. Our show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street in Uptown New Orleans, right across from the European Waxing. I think it's called that European Wax Center, actually. It's a center now. It's a center. Yes, so you can come down here to Wayfair, get yourself some half-price drinks during three-hour happy hour every day and the brunch on the weekends as well. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting. For itsneworleans.com, for Andrew Duhon, everyone around the table here at Wayfair and back at our office at INO Broadcasting. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you back here next week on Happy Hour.